0: Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode, the second episode of Telling Time for Beginners. This is the episode for Sunday, July 10th, 2022, and it's entitled Telling Time for Beginners Hostile Takeovers, or as we say in the South, Hostile Takeovers. You know, last week we began looking at telling time for beginners so that we can begin to make sense of an increasingly bizarre world in which we live, where we think we are starting to see things that have been predicted in Bible prophecy. They seem to be starting to fall into place. Maybe not the actual fulfillment yet, but it's looking a lot like it. If it's not the actual ramp-up, and when the ramp-up comes, it's got to be a lot like what we're seeing right now. But last week's episode taught us that there are two streams in world history. That is the spiritual stream and the secular stream. And then there are two peoples going forward from the fall of man, the people who love the Lord and the people who hate the Lord. Now, we're all born hating the Lord because we're all born lost, except of course the Lord Jesus Christ, but every other person has been born lost and we have to cross over to that people that love God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to stress to you today that as we think about things in the Bible that have been predicted for the future and for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's like a weather forecast this literally happened to me last week i wanted to see what the weather was going to be in the next few hours so i looked at my weather app the general forecast blah 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 okay great i looked at the weather radar and i could see just like it said on the forecast that there would be some possible showers coming and i could see them out there in the distance on the weather radar well hey guess what I checked one more thing a little while later called the weather window. What's that, Pastor Ed? You know, I looked out the window and yikes, it was raining already. <laughs> it didn't take long to, for whatever showers I saw in the distance to get here and I had to go out and make sure the windows of my car were up. Well, listen, did you hear this week what Boris Johnson, the prime minister of England said? Did you hear that? It's an amazing thing that he said. I'm going to tell you about that a little later, so stay tuned. We're talking today about hostile takeovers, and I can think of four. Maybe you would look at the Bible and come up with even more than that, but these are the four that I can think of. The first hostile takeover is what I call the rebellion. That's when Lucifer rebelled against God and only some of the angels rebelled with him. Most of the angels remained loyal and faithful to God, their creator. But the first hostile takeover was that rebellion by Lucifer, where he came to this earth that had been created, and through the fall of man, he took over running this world. In fact, he's called the prince of the power of the air. He is the the uh, prince of this world. He thinks he runs it, and in many ways, you know, in the lost world, he does run it. So that was the first hostile takeover, the rebellion. The second hostile takeover is the resurrection. This is where Jesus Christ, listen to me, after he was crucified, dead, and buried, and certified, by the way, by the Roman government to be dead. This is where three days later, Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, and then over the course of of the uh, uh, 40 days, he appeared to the disciples, and they were completely convinced. He spoke with them, they touched him, he ate with them, he taught them, And this was not just, you know, the 11 disciples, because, of course, Judas had committed suicide already, but this was well over 500 believers in the Lord Jesus Christ by the time of his ascension that they literally witnessed as he ascended back into heaven. And guess what? The angels promised that just like they had seen him go, that he would return literally, physically, to the earth to take over. But the second hostile takeover is when the Lord Jesus Christ himself defeated death. He destroyed the power of death. So in that sense, he took it back from Satan, right? Well, there's more to be accomplished, of course, within the, the playing out of world history. So there's a third hostile takeover. This is where uh, Satan, by in, uh, in uh, what am I trying to say, by living in, embodying himself in the Antichrist, that's what I'm trying to say, when Satan indwells the Antichrist literally at the midpoint of the tribulation and demands and enforces the worship of the world through the mark of the beast, the one-world economic system through the one-world government and the one-world religion that's coming, that's the third hostile takeover where Satan thinks he's taking it back. Of course, he's not, but he's going to try. That's the tribulation. So we've seen the rebellion, the resurrection, the tribulation. And you can learn more about that, by the way. Uh, For example, you can learn more about the resurrection if you don't know much about that. Maybe you're not a Christian, never been around Christianity. Maybe you're in another world religion. Maybe you have no religion at all. It doesn't matter. You can read what are called the Gospels in the Uh, The second half of the Bible, what some people call the Christian Bible, but really the Christian Bible is the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But in the New Testament, the first four books, if you're new to this, you can look for the Gospel of Matthew, Gospel of Mark, Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of John. And in every single one of those Gospels, you can read about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, where do we find the tribulation, what I just loosely call the third hostile takeover? The tribulation where the Antichrist at the midpoint says he's God because he's indwelt by Satan and he demands the worship of the world. Where can you learn more about that? All right, listen, I'm going to be straight up with you. If you're one of those people that say you're a Christian. And you you feel so proud of yourself because you read a little verse a day out of that little thing on your kitchen table or some calendar you have. Or, you know, somebody sends you a, a newsletter for the, you know, the verse of the day. I, I mean, I don't mean this in an ugly way, but I don't have time for that. And we live in a time in world history where you need to get with the program if you're really a christian now if you're not really a christian i understand you have no appetite for the word of god i get it and there could even be people who really are christians but you're just about starving yourself because you're disobeying the lord by not immersing yourself in the word of god all righty (laughs) then if you want to know more about the tribulation you're going to have to work for it i'm not just going to hand it to you in this episode We may talk more about that going forward in the next few weeks. We might not. You don't know, do you? (laughs) So you better become, uh, uh, you just better take ownership of this. That's what you better do. Don't depend on me to teach you about it. You go find out about it. Go to the Old Testament prophet of Daniel, the book of Daniel. Well, which verse, Pastor Ed? I'm not going to give you a verse I want you to read the whole book. I think it's 12 chapters. Read all 12 chapters. Find out the massive, expansive, panoramic prophecies that God revealed to the prophet of Daniel. It's all right there. It's always been there since he wrote it down. But many of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And yet you say you love the Lord. Do you feel gotten onto? You should. Now, for the few of you who are in the Word, you know what I'm talking about. You're shaking your head saying, sick them, Pastor Ed. I am. All right. Well, come on. I'm, I'm sick of them right here. Get in the book of Daniel. And even if you don't understand it all, read the whole book of Daniel. And you're going to come out of there sort of like with your hair standing on end because you're going to realize what we are looking at today and our day if this isn't it, it doesn't feel like it's very far away, all right? If we're not right in the ramp up to it, then, then when the ramp, ramp up comes, it's going to look a lot like it does now, but even more so. Could God stop everything, slow this down? Absolutely. I'm not predicting. I don't know exactly when he's coming back. But I know things about what he said, what the world will be like, what government and religion and so forth will be like just before he comes. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, this looks a lot like what he said, just before he comes that it would be like. So read the book of Daniel, all twelve chapters, and then go to the letter Second Thessalonians in the New Testament. And that's not very long. And you can read all of that also, but especially chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And then I'm going to go easy on you here. I'm not going to tell you right now you have to read the whole book of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ by the Apostle John. But I would highly suggest that instead of just letting everybody else teach you and answer all of your questions, you go find out what the book of the Revelation says, maybe by even reading all of it, but especially Revelation 13. And if you read Revelation 13, even just that chapter, and you start thinking about what is prophesied there, and you start listening to world news and looking around, I think you will agree like, Boy, this might not be it, but it sure feels like we're getting close, and that's what I think. You know, the funny thing about Bible-believing prophecy teachers is they have always taught that when the Bible predicts something, it would be literally fulfilled. And the funny thing is, time and time again, what is predicted in the Bible comes to pass exactly as he says it would. I mean, not like allegorically, spiritually, sort of, exactly. I'm gonna give you an example of what I think will happen, uh, or already has happened. This was prophesied, and uh, I want you to think about this. The nation of Israel, Bible-believing prophecy teachers for about roughly 200 years, maybe not quite that long, but pretty close, have understood and taught that the nation of Israel had to literally be in existence again in the end times for the Bible to be literally fulfilled. And at the time they started teaching this, Israel had not been a nation for about 1,800 years. It had gone out of business as a nation. Now, there were Jewish people all over the world but there was no nation of Israel. And you know what happened when they predicted that, that there would be a rebirth of the nation of Israel? Literally, there was howling laughter. You know where that laughter came from? The church. Most of the people, most of the pastors, most of the people who profess to be Christians in the church just... You know, they just mocked that and laughed at that. Well, let me give you another one. And by the way, that literally happened on May 15th, 1948. Just like the Bible said, in a day, the nation Israel came back into existence at the United Nations, just like God predicted that it would. And the Bible-believing prophecy teachers were proven right. Yet once again, how about that? Here's another one that they predict, I believe this, and is predicted for the future, a revival of the Roman Empire. Many people who know the Bible believe that the Roman Empire didn't actually go out of existence. It's just comatose. (laughs) And it kind of still exists in Western culture, but Bible-believing prophecy teachers have believed that the last world kingdom would be a a version of the Roman Empire, a revived Roman Empire, a Roman Empire-type government based around the Mediterranean Sea that included, just like the old one did, Caesar worship, that being the Antichrist, all right? Now, this week, and we're not making this up. We can't make this stuff up. This is crazy. Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of England, and his little buddy, Francois Magaron both said at a, uh, a European government meeting, I forget which one, but they were having a meeting, and they both said, and they both agreed, that maybe Europe should recreate a Roman Empire type government. Are you kidding me, Pastor Ed? No. And when I heard this, I thought, this has got to be an exaggeration. So I checked it out. Both of them actually used the phrase Roman Empire, literally. Now that doesn't happen every day, all right? I mean, when's the last time you heard a president or a prime minister somewhere talk about uh, you know, a future government like the Roman Empire? Is that not the neatest thing? <laughs> I don't wear dentures, but I almost dropped my dentures when I heard that mention. And I thought that just can't be right. And I looked it up and they both talked about it. The interesting thing is about a week later, uh, less than that actually, a few days later, good old Boris Johnson was forced to resign as the prime minister of England and um, you know couldn't keep the, his government together. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, well, a lot of possibilities there. Maybe Satan took him out because he spilled the beans on the future Roman Empire. (laughs) Or maybe God took him out because it's not exactly time yet, or maybe it's just an amazing coincidence. (laughs) Wow, you think about that, you ponder that a while. You know what, if I get in trouble, I wanna get in trouble for believing the Bible too much. And I'm okay with that. I was thinking just a little before starting this episode tonight, I was thinking about the fact that many people who discount the rapture of the church or they believe or say they believe in a rapture of the church, but they say, oh, no, no, it won't be before the tribulation. It'll be uh, three and a half year point before the wrath. Well, all of the tribulation is the wrath of God. All right. There's no doubt about that or uh, it's just really talking about we go up in a gigantic U-turn to meet the Lord when he comes in the second coming, and we all come back here. The problem is he promised to take us somewhere else where he had prepared a place for us in John 14, and you can't do both of those things in the return of Christ at the second coming. All right, you can learn more about that in last week's episode, but the thing that is amazing to me, is the stuff that those, uh, I'll call them brothers in Christ. I just think they're mixed up, but I think the thing that just amazes me is how if we just take the Lord literally at his word, like we discussed last week, where it's, it's obviously literal what we should take and literally where it's obviously a, uh, a parable or something like that. And and you'll have to listen to that to understand that. But I think when we do that, it's funny how those things happen exactly like God said. A great example last week is, is that Christ would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. You know how much he was betrayed for? Exactly, 30 pieces of silver. That wasn't some odd allegory or spiritualized I don't know, metaphor or something like that for some hidden meaning. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, literally. How hard is that? Don't make this complicated, all right? All right, so uh, to recap real quick, the first hostile takeover, that's just a phrase I made up. That's not in the Bible, but it's where Satan was in the rebellion against God, Lucifer, and uh, that, that started in heaven, but he he uh, was so angry, he wreaked that out on the earth, on man, and now he's a prince of the power of the air. He rules this world currently, and the second hostile takeover, if you want to call it that, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, where he defeated death. Now now Satan can't do anything, because if you can no longer kill somebody, what else can you do, Right? And Jesus has already won. He's destroyed the power of death. And you can read all about it in the Gospels. The third hostile takeover is what, uh, what we know of. is the Tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel. Read more about that in the book of Daniel. And it is the uh, reign of the Antichrist. First three and a half years, you know, things go pretty bad, actually. But they get even worse after the three and a half year point when he demands world worship, mark of the beast, and forces out, and it's just going to be, the whole time is going to be terrible. The last three and a half years are just, we can hardly describe them, all right? How bad it's going to be. So that would be the third hostile takeover, but the last hostile takeover is the invasion. What is the invasion, Pastor Ed? Well, that's the That's the rapture and return of Christ. Now, the rapture is part of it because like a a king, a country might call its ambassadors home before it launches war on another nation. Same idea. The Lord takes us, his ambassadors, out of this world and using the marriage metaphor, he takes his bride, the church, out of this world And then at the end of the seven-year tribulation, he is returning to this world with his bride, the church, to set up a thousand-year, literally, global government that will be the real global government on the earth where the Lord Jesus Christ is worshipped. And that is the, the last hostile takeover. I guess you could say there's going to be an attempted hostile takeover at the end of the millennium when there's, you know, a rebellion that lasts about five minutes and the Lord instantly puts it down and the eternal state begins. But I don't want to get into that because it doesn't go anywhere, all right? So as far as our history is concerned, I'm going to call the invasion, that is the return of Christ, where, where the rightful king returns and takes over that's the last hostile takeover, and I don't know a lot of stuff, but this is true, and you can write it down. In a game of hostile takeovers, you want to be the one doing the last one, right? <laughs> and he, he will be, because when he returns, he's in total control. Even that little thing at the end of the millennium, it's nothing, because he's totally in domination over not only the earth, but the universe and everything inside and outside the universe because he is God. Amen. Now, many of you have been worried of whether or not normal is coming back. It's not. Jesus Christ is coming back. That's fact. And you know what else? He's not coming back to take sides. He's coming back to take over. And that includes you are you with him or are you against him? And you have to declare. You have to declare. Now you can learn more about this in Revelation 19, where the return of Christ with his bride is explained right there in Revelation 19. But I want to focus here today on Psalm 2. I love this psalm. This psalm has often been regarded as a a warning to the governments and kings of the last days before Jesus Christ returns to take over, that they better get with it, they need to repent and get their act together. But we live in a time right now where governmental leaders and governments are openly defying God and his word and God and his people, And they are basically saying, we don't care, we won't have you reign over us, and we will do whatever we want to. And they are openly talking about, and this is not a secret, and you can look it up. They are openly talking about establishing a global government with a global economic system where basically they say to everybody, through whatever the mark of the beast will actually be when it is unveiled in beast worship. But they're saying to everybody in this global economic system where no man will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast, right? And you know about that if you know Revelation 13. If you don't read it, they are basically forcing the world and they're saying, are you in or are you out? Are you in or out? Which is it? There's only... You can only be one or the other. There's no middle ground. So they are trying to set up a global government that will be the fake one before the Lord returns and sets up the real one that's predicted. And you know what? It's really Satan using them as sock puppets. I mean, they're just mere men, mere people. They won't be even be alive. If, if the world's around 100 years from now like it is now, they won't be alive then. Nobody will care about them then. They're just the current leaders. Like Boris Johnson, for example. You know, a week ago he was prime minister. Now he's not. What are you going to do, right? (laughs) Wow. Anyway, let's read Psalm 2 as we close. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. (coughs) Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Excuse me. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Here's the takeaway, boys and girls. Have you put your trust in him? Or are you on the side of these godless people fighting like tiny little midgets against God? Which side are you on? Declare. Some of you are ready to come over to Jesus' side. But you have questions. You can call 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. And you can find out how to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then you will know for certain how your eternity will turn out. And you can stop following Satan and being condemned to an eternal hell. You're already on that road. Get off that road and come to Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven. In that song that we just read, this global government is going to try to prevent the Lord from coming back to the Mount of Olives and to Jerusalem. Why? because Jesus Christ is predicted to rule the world in a global government from Jerusalem. And God says it's going to happen. You can bet on that. In Romans 3:23, we read for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 6:23 though, it says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope that you will call that number, 877-247-2426, or you will go to chataboutjesus.com. If you're not a Christian, become one today. If you are a Christian, continue in your walk in the Lord, grow in Him and stand with him no matter what. And sooner than we know it, we will either leave this life through our personal death, or we will be raptured from this world by the Lord to spend eternity with him. Thanks for listening today. Like this episode, follow the podcast, and share it with someone today. I'll be back next week with more of telling time for beginners. God bless you. Bye-bye.